Well, hello. Welcome to the Chronically Driven Podcast. Sandra here. I feel like I want to check in with you, touch base, get a little grounded, get reacquainted. It has been an interesting couple of months in my world. And yes, savvy listener, interesting could mean a whole lot of stuff and usually not the most awesome and wonderful when using it in that context. But you know what? I do like I always do and navigate through whatever comes my way. And it has, in fact, been quite a smorgasbord of variety, but I'm only putting on my plate what belongs there and the rest I choose to take it as an opportunity to make sure my boundaries are in check. And they are, which is why I am feeling fabulous. The segment you are about to hear is one of my all-time favorite conversations. You are going to hear a powerful segment from my guest, Amber Cavanaugh, the West Coast Medium. I had the opportunity to sit down with Amber in what is now almost three years ago for an hour-long conversation of which I am going to play a portion of for you today. I started off by asking Amber to tell us her understanding of spirit guides, and then we talk about how we can actually call on them to help us with things like chronic illness or pain. I have been doing exactly that lately, and it's been one of the ways that is really helping me. So I was drawn to want to share that with you as well. Here now is my conversation with Amber Cavanaugh, the West Coast Medium. I am so excited for you to hear today from my guest. In just a few moments, Amber Cavanaugh, the West Coast Medium, will be joining me here in the booth. We are going to be talking about wellness from a very interesting angle. So if you listen to the show or follow my page, you know that I talk about the mind and body connection all the time. How in spite of having challenges, illness, or things like chronic pain, that we should be living with an attitude of achieving chronic wellness. And as I always like to remind you, we do not need to be chronically ill to want to be chronically well. There is a third piece and a very important one that goes along with the mind-body connection, and that's our connection to energy and spirit. When it comes to our health and wellness, and really all our experiences, mind, body, and spirit is all connected. Our spiritual connection is always there, but we don't always tap into it as much as we could. Whether you are new to this concept or perhaps even a skeptic, or if this is something you really embrace and draw from, I can pretty much guarantee that my guests today, or should I say guests, are going to bring us some interesting food for thought. My guest today is Amber, the West Coast medium. She is a medium, an empath, a psychic, a medical intuitive, and a healer. There are so many things that we could talk about, and I hope we get a chance to talk on a few topics. However, we are going to begin with the gratitude piece and how we as humans can get our brains around the idea of being grateful for having things that are challenging for us, such as a chronic illness, pain, or other health challenges. It's a juicy topic and I cannot wait to get started. Welcome to the show, Amber, and thanks so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. So 
before we dive in, can you explain for our listeners the concept of guides, how we all have them, and maybe let us know who your guides are and if they are here with you now. Sure. So our guides are, they're like teachers on the other side. So each of us has our own individual permanent guides. They help us plan our lives, each life that we live. Uh, they help us live our lives and they help us once we're back on the other side to sort of debrief or um, learn from our lives and help us plan other ones. Um, we all have guides that we choose and they choose us and that we will live our entire life with. It's not the same in every life, but it is the same for this one. Uh, so my permanent guides that are with me all of the time helping me, uh, my dominant guide is named Gail. She's kind of like a friendly grandma. Mm -hmm. uh, she's very, very wise. And her concern with the world is kind of this type of stuff. Um, she likes the stuff that has to do with our human self, our mind, body, spirit connection, our physical bodies, and how everything works together. Uh, the second guide I have is named Jessica. She is the fun side of things. So she actually likes the entertainment. So she's here for the entertainment side of things. She's very funny. Mm -hmm. uh, she loves doing the videos that I do, radio, TV, all of that. She wants to do it all. Uh, <laughs> not so much me, uh, but she's the one that encourages me to do that sort of stuff. Um, and my final permanent guide is Peter. Uh, he's also here today, which is strange because he doesn't always come to everything I do. Um, he is a much higher level of consciousness and he is concerned with um, the collective enlightenment of the world as a whole. And so he deals with much bigger messages. But I guess he likes this kind of stuff too. So each of us has guides like that. And then we'll have temporary guides that come in. So say you are somebody who's suffering from a chronic illness, chronic pain, something like that. You'll have a temporary guide come and help you with that specific thing. And then they will leave, not leave, but go back to doing other mm -hmm, things mm -hmm. once they're no longer needed in that area. So we have two types. When, when I've been watching your, your videos and when people are usually seeing you visually, when you look off to the side, you're speaking to your guides. So yeah. where, where are they standing right now, Sion? Right, right there. Right over there? Okay. Yeah. So I kind of always have them sort of to my right. Whoever that guy sitting out there has a good spot because they're standing <laughs> right next to him. <laughs> um, before we, we get into this, this whole thing, and for people that are new, when we're talking about this life, you talked about, you know, we have these permanent guys for this life and they help us over on the other side. Can you maybe briefly do the explanation of the start and end of life and our yeah. higher self and our, how that works? Sure. So there is a part of us that's always on the other side. I call it our higher self. Some people call it your soul, your spirit, whatever that is for you. And that's sort of like, I see it kind of like a pupper, puppet master on mm -hmm. the other side. Or I've explained it as there's like a rain cloud that is the highest you. And all of the little raindrops are all the lives you're living right now. So you always have this sort of level of consciousness. This It's almost like a parent on the other side helping you. Mm -hmm. You're not necessarily aware of what they're doing or the choices they're making or why they make those choices. So I think sometimes your life can feel kind of out of control. But in the grand scheme of things, there's your higher self on the other side helping you through each life and plan each life. There's your guides on the other side helping as well. And your human self kind of goes along for the ride, although you are, you do have free will, so you mm -hmm. get to make choices as well. Amber, as we go along with the concept that as our higher self, we choose or plan our life, this life that we're living now, before we come here. Yeah. So along that way, if we have illness or pain, for example, it's part of the plan. And 
that can be a hard one for some people to get their head around because it can evoke anger or mixed feelings or emotions because it's misinterpreted to think, well, I'm choosing this here here and now. So why would someone plan to live a, a life with some challenges like that? Well, I think when humans talk about choice, automatically in there goes blame, right? So if I'm choosing it, then Mm. it's my fault that I'm feeling this way. You choose it on the other side and you don't, on the other side, there's no good or bad. So everything is kind of on the same level. It's not like human society here. So when you plan these harder lessons into your life, whether it is a chronic illness, whether it's losing somebody close to you, going through anything difficult, you're planning these things because your soul is strong enough to not only just make it through them, you know, scrape by, if you will, you're planning them because you know that you can overcome them, you can learn from them. And when you get back to the other side, rather than getting a high school diploma, you're getting a PhD in what it means to be a human. And so you don't choose these things to cause yourself to suffer. You choose these things to learn and to become more enlightened and to be more comfortable in yourself. Somebody who is a very young soul or new to the human experience would never plan a life where they have to suffer through really anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are the people that society tells us are successful, right? The people whose lives are wonderful and they're born with a silver spoon in their mouth and they don't ever go through anything hard and the money just falls in their lap and they seems and they're born that way and they die that way. That's, it looks in society's eyes like that's a good life, but that's actually a very young soul because they wouldn't survive if they had to go through the types of things an older soul would go through. So rather than seeing it as a choosing as in a blame, like you chose this, so just unchoose it, like get it together and unchoose it. It's you chose this because you knew you were strong enough to overcome this. And in a way, in looking at it that way, it's almost... It gives it a different a different feel. It's like you say, there's no blame attached to that. No, It's like for myself personally i know that going through some of the health challenges that i have have really given me like some really really great skill sets that i've been able to draw draw from and if we if we look at that you know we've heard that you're never given more than you can handle i guess that's kind of kind of the concept it is but i think humans when you say that you still think, well, this feels like more than I can handle. So I don't know what you're like. I'm having a moment here. I'm having a breakdown. I'm not doing good today. This is more than I can handle today. But you're still alive. So it's not actually more than you can handle. You're given exactly what you chose, exactly what you planned. So rather than it, I don't know, taking away the blame or causing blame for people, people should just be saying, holy smokes, I must be a very strong person if this is what I thought I should you know, be able to survive and get through just changing that perspective a little so that it's not like a punishment. Oh, I chose to have this horrible life or somebody, my higher self is choosing to punish me. So now I'm going to unchoose it. I don't want it anymore. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to unchoose it. That's not really how it works. It's learning to embrace it, accept it and have gratitude for it, even if you don't like it. Right, right. One of one of the things that I found really helpful when I started um, watching your videos was when you said that when we're talking about illness or pain or cancer or anxiety, to not call it my pain or like basically to take ownership of it. What's what's sort of the concept behind that? As soon as you own it, it won't go away. It won't get better. So 
even if, you know, I'm not saying if you don't own it, it'll completely go away, but there can be improvements. You, There's a big difference. Anybody, I think, who is going through any type of chronic illness or pain probably has good days and bad days. Mm-hmm. If you wake up in the morning and you say, oh, my pain is so bad today, I don't know how I'm going to, you won't be able to do anything because you've just owned it. You've just told your mind, body, soul that this is what you're going to do today and it won't go anywhere. Those, any of those words, my anxiety, my cancer, my pain, my anything will tell your guides, tell your higher self that you are owning it and that you want to continue to do what you're doing in that moment, which is to continue to learn. And to them, it's not a bad thing because they see it as, wow, she's choosing to be strong today and learn. Um, Whereas as a human, we're kind of like, no, I would choose not to do that today. So take away any of those owning words and check yourself over and over again, because we don't realize how we even say my cold. Oh, my cold is really bothering me. My allergies, my flu, things that, you know, normally would maybe last five days. If you own it, you're going to have about 10 days, maybe even two weeks of the same cold that might have only lasted five days. Within the chronic illness community, one of the things that is really hard for me to see is how there is not only so much of that ownership of of my illness, it's people almost feeling that they they feel like they're being judged because that they they are spending effort to bring awareness, but the highlight of how difficult it is. And and I get where that comes from, but that sounds like that's a really dangerous mindset. Very much. You just need to reframe the perspective. It's okay to have a bad day and say, today I'm having a bad day, but really change your wording. Yeah. There is a lot of power in words. People have been saying that since the beginning of time. So even if you do need to say that, you have to be really careful uh, between kind of being strong and being uh, trying to accept what's going on for you and practice that gratitude and feeling like nothing's ever going to get better, like really getting to like a kind of darker Mm -hmm. place of this is going to be the rest of my life. So I have to explain it to you now. Really watch the wording when you do that, because sometimes it can get to that place where you just want people to understand. And so you start saying, well, you would understand if you were going through what I am going through. You would understand if you knew my pain, if you knew the pain I was suffering right now. So just change the wording, even if you have to explain it. There's a lot of power in that. Yep. They'll still understand what you're saying, but you're not telling your guides on the other side that you want to own this forever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of power in that. We just have to recheck ourselves because it's 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 habit, right? Yeah, it, it's it's habit. You've said um, a few times, and I've heard other coaches explain that this life that we're living, it's not even supposed to be 100 percent happy all the time, and that may be where some of the disconnect comes. Like if you're having if you're experiencing ongoing chronic pain and chronic by definition means something that's ongoing or constantly reoccurring if you're always expecting that your life is not good because you're not 100 percent happy that's kind of not really the goal either no so on the other side everything is good everything is love everything's positive everything is happy we come here to learn everything else and our guides actually celebrate more This sounds really bad when I say it out loud, but they celebrate more the difficult things, the hard things, the bad things, if you will, quotations, because I don't like the word bad, but they celebrate that more for us than they do the really good times. And you would think that's counterintuitive or counterproductive, but to them, that's where we do our best learning. Mm -hmm. When we can look at that thing that is so difficult and say, 
wow, that was really difficult. I am so thankful I was strong enough to do it and that I still want to wake up tomorrow. That's what they celebrate. When we have a great day or a really, you know, like the last few years for me have been pretty good. It doesn't mean there haven't been hard times, but they've been pretty good. My guides were equally as celebratory when my life was horrible (laughs) and I hadn't accepted my gifts and each day was a struggle. Now I'm kind of coasting. Like it's not super easy, but it is a lot easier for me. My guides were very involved before. So it's just kind of understanding there is no punishment because I think people can feel that way. Like Mm -hmm. somebody's punishing me. There's something, what did I do in this life to deserve this? What you did was you planned the perfect life for the human you are right now and the strength you have within you. You planned no more and no less. And at any moment, you have the power to change that. You might not have the power to get rid of the pain completely. You have the power to have a different mindset while living with that pain, to be grateful for the fact that you even get the opportunity to wake up each day. So it's really just a reframing. It's a reframing and it's a refocus to get you to focus onto something else because sometimes it's hard when you're just focusing on the pain thing. So you apply techniques like that plus reframing it. However, when we think about this and and having having um, chronic pain or illness, it's not it's not easy and it can have challenges. We're not saying at all that that's not the case. But if if in this grand scheme of things, if joy and gratitude are basically the key that fits the lock for this for this life, what would your guides say to help people that are suffering in pain, for example, and struggle on how to find that joy? Jessica wants to chime in because <laughs> for her, everything is so joyful. She sees a lot of joy in the human experience, even when we're having a hard time. I think noticing the small things. So, sorry, she's showing me a person's day. This must be somebody who's watching <laughs> because some days they can get up in the morning and they can go about their days. Other days they get up in the morning, they make a cup of tea and that is all they do. They sit in a chair and they can't move the rest of the day. So be grateful for the cup of tea. Be grateful that you didn't have to stay in bed that day. Um, Have joy that maybe you can make it outside to have your cup of tea on the porch. Or you can sit by a window and enjoy the people walking by. There is always something, no matter how small, that you can find joy in, in your day. They also would say, whenever possible, full stop, all of the time, get outside. Um, Mm -hmm. Because it can really give us... You don't have to get outside and go on a vigorous speed walk. You don't even have to walk. Just stand outside, breathe the air outside. It's always better if you can put your feet on the earth um, because when you can't feel that joy yourself and you, I called them my toddler temper tantrums, when you just want to go, enough is enough, I'm sort of done, I don't want to do it today. Which we all get that way. We all, even (laughs) I do that, everybody does. Every human on the planet, every adult, not toddlers, not just toddlers, I guess. But um, get outside, get your feet on the earth, take a deep breath. And that in itself, that's joy because there's a lot of people that don't have that option. So it's not necessarily comparing, say, your suffering to somebody else's. That's not what they mean. They mean recognizing that you have the ability to do those things. No matter how bad your day is, there is something somewhere you can be joyful for. And there is something somewhere that you can find gratitude for. Even tiny things. Gratitude for a cup of tea. Gratitude that you could make it to the washroom today. Gratitude that you could brush your teeth or um, that you can breathe today. There's such, even if you have to take those really small things, Mm -hmm. there's something 
out there to be joyful for. I always have a better day. And this is kind of across the board. So many of us wake up in the morning and the first thing we grab is a device, right? Got to mm-hmm. check the Facebook. We got to check what's going on. Did anybody message in the night? And somebody like me who works mostly online really can fall down that rabbit hole. I put on, I have like a piano, relaxing piano playlist. Mm-hmm. I put it on my phone, put my phone to the side and I lay in bed, even if I only have two minutes. Doesn't seem like a long time, but it starts my day off amazing. I deep breathe. I call it four, seven, eight breathing. You breathe in for four, you hold it for seven, you breathe out for eight. That might be your only deep breaths that day. I've done readings for people that have not taken a deep breath in over two weeks. (laughs) That is a long time for your body not to get the amount of oxygen it needs. And you can't do anything if you're not getting the right amount of oxygen. So I probably now I'm up to, I can't say I do this every day. I think I'm at about five days a week now that I do that. A couple of days a week I sleep in or something happens, life gets in the way. Mm -hmm. But about five days a week I start my day. And you only, I try and do 10 minutes, even if you have two. Who doesn't have two minutes in the morning? You know, set your alarm two minutes earlier. It makes such a difference to your day. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's, um, you know, it's new, it's new habits to develop and even when if we catch ourselves with that old phrasing or that old terminology it's it's never too late to to stop and just you know recheck and and reframe yeah and and so we should grab that cup of tea and we should go outside yeah because out the even in the cold connecting with nature is energetically beneficial for us as well and it will give you what you're not giving yourself in that moment the earth has no choice really but to replenish our energy it's our biggest store of energy that exists in our human dimension right now and you will no matter who you are feel better for being outside if you can get to a place you love it's even better but honestly, if you live on a busy street and you walk outside and you just stand on your porch or you stand on your balcony if you're in an mm-hmm. apartment, breathe in that fresh air, it's going to do so much more for you than almost anything that you're going to do inside your house. So even if you if you can't physically get outside, open a window, mm-hmm. get that fresh air coming in. And those deep breaths, you should at least get 20 to 30 of them a day. Most people maybe once a week they're doing that unless they're somebody who's more aware of their physical body and Mm -hmm, has been taught mm -hmm. these skills it is that easy and if you are physically capable i cannot say enough about walking not speed walking just a regular old stroll outside Mm -hmm. just like you know the the breathing and the standing outside walking will do wonders especially because i think a lot of the time with any type of chronic illness or chronic pain comes a level of anxiety because you there's so much fear involved number one you fear for your life you fear how you're doing you start you begin to fear pain mm-hmm. um you fear judgment from other people or that they're going to think you're being a victim all of that sort of stuff Walking can help you to let go of it. Even And you can ask your guides, even if you don't believe in them, ask your higher self, whatever you believe in, God, the earth, whatever works for you, ask that to come and help you to cleanse that. I do energy cleanses on myself multiple times a day because you do pick up stuff as a human. I got a question on one of my group. Can you use meditation? They wanted to know if we can ask spirit healers to help us. And you just said, let's ask our guides. Yep. We can 100% ask your guides. The thing you have to have there is faith. So you don't have to have faith in religion or God or spirituality or anything that I talk about. You just have to have faith that it will work. Mm -hmm. If you do not have faith, it will work. Just like if you do not have faith that things will get better, they won't. 
because without that faith, you're telling the universe this is what you're choosing. So you have to have faith that those walks will help with the anxiety you might be going through, Mm -hmm. that standing outside will help your energy, that deep breathing will help you to feel more centered and grounded. So the faith piece is really important. And I think our society has twisted faith a little bit. It's become more of a religious, Mm -hmm. right? It sounds more religious. But that's just even faith in yourself. If you don't have the faith in yourself that you have the strength to get through each day, let me tell you, your day is going to be hard. If you don't have mm-hmm. faith that there is something out there in some way bigger than you, even if it is just the earth, which is obviously bigger than you, that can help you with your energetic balance, you're going to be feeling pretty anxious. So really understanding that there is this interconnectedness between whatever it is you feel and what you believe is there. For me, meditation, and I say this all the time, because I suck at conventional meditating, Mm -hmm. I can't do the, um, people say they can sit for three hours and their mind does nothing. There's absolutely no way I can do that. (laughs) So for me, my meditation, obviously I pray before, I call it praying, but it's talking to my guides, talking to my higher self and the higher energy on the other side. I take baths. That's Mm -hmm. my number one. Um, I've had back issues my whole life. And so that keeps me in check, having those baths. Walking and hiking is very important for me. Spending time with my animals. Some people like the beach. Some people like forests. Mm -hmm. Some people like to read a book and have a cup of tea. Also meditation. I would always say meditation should not be done as unless you're in a meditating class as a group thing. So walking with your girlfriends, not so much a meditation. Mm -hmm. Walking on your own would qualify more. Um, Sitting and reading a book at a coffee shop could be a meditation if you're with a group probably not so much. It really is time that's just for you. Well, thank you so much Amber, for coming in. This has been fantastic. Wow. I don't know about you, but I absolutely love hearing from Amber and her guides, Jessica and Gail. As she mentioned, we were also gifted by the attendance of her guide, Peter. However, that conversation is in the second portion of that interview, which includes a powerful message for humanity. And I may put that into an upcoming episode for you to enjoy. If you follow Amber's journey, you know that she's been navigating through some health challenges since just before Christmas of last year. And oh my word, what an inspiration, the remarkable recovery and progress she has and continues to make from her devastating strokes. She is truly an inspiration. And I also know that she is being guided and supported in so many ways. And I know we all wish her nothing but the very, very best. Well, that wraps up today's show. Thanks so much for being here and special thank you to Amber, the West Coast medium for sharing her time with me three years ago in a way that is still so meaningful and relevant today. Take care, everyone. And until next time, I am wishing you wellness.